Good morning. It's time for Awaken with Dr. Joe and Mark Holcraft. Awaken airs the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with the Executive Director of Real Presence Radio, Mark Holcraft, and his brother, Dr. Joe Holcraft, Professor and Director of the High Calling Program at the Avila Institute. Together with a mix of national and local personalities, connecting examples in church history, contemporary relevance, and lively witness of the saints, Mark and Joe will share how the Holy Spirit is working to awaken in all of us a deeper sense of what we are made for, a life in Christ. Good morning and welcome to Awaken. I'm your host with uh, Dr. Joe Holcraft. I am Mark Holcraft. We're excited to be with you in this lovely weather we're having. Um, It's so good. It's so good. We got a loaded show this morning with you. We're talking praying in friendship with Christ uh, all through the lens of intercessory prayer. So we continue with kind of that backdrop, the backdrop of intercessory prayer, but praying in friendship with Christ. Joe, good morning. How's it going, brother? It is going well. Uh, As always, Mark, good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Let's just, let's dive right in. Uh, I'm loving our topic. Um, I, what can you say? I, what am I going to say? I don't love the topic. We're talking prayer. That's awkward. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but uh, as we continue, it's not, you know, it's, it's the deep dive. I feel like we're doing the deep dive into prayer, you know, and one can ask, you know, like, you know, Mark, we keep talking about intercessory prayer, you know, um, how, how far, how long are we doing this? <laughs> but really, there's just, there's so many facets to intercessory prayer, but it also, it just, Joe, it speaks of the riches of prayer in general, let alone intercessory prayer, let alone the role that we have and that the Holy Spirit provides for us. He opens the door to so much for us in prayer. And I think that gets lost. And so that being said, Amen. <laughs> let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We ask that you would guide us, lead us, continue to teach us to pray as we ought. And we look to the great model of prayer and virtue in Our Lady. We ask Mary, Queen of Saints, Mother of our Lord, please intercede for each of us, all of us as your listeners, that we would be docile to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and docile uh, to that witness that that spouse of the Holy Spirit, Mary, gives us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, Joe, in the world of praying and friendship with Christ, you know, of course, the, one of the words that pops out to me just in, in general is friendship mm. and the nature of friendship. You know, uh, of course, I'm, I am made to reflect on what have been the friendships in my life that have been strong and good and holy, and what are the friendships in my life that did not have not lasted? They did not either stand the test of time uh, maybe short friendships, maybe friendships that the Lord has used just as a season in my life, or maybe the friendships, 
you know, that stand the test of time, you know, those, you have those friendships where you haven't seen people for years and you're with them and it's like, nothing's been lost, you know, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but in friendship with Christ, you know, it, it, I want to say it takes on a whole new meaning, but it's not so much that it takes on a whole new meaning as much as, uh, the friendship with Christ is really, if that friendship is in order, which of course prayer must be at the center, then every other friendship is more inclined to be in its proper order. Amen. You know, so there's, there's so much that we could say, Joe, we so much we can say, but, uh, but you're talking in the context of prayer and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Well, you talk about order and sequence, Mark. I, I think it's for that reason that St. Teresa of Avila says, prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friends with God. I mean, think about that, Mark. Prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friends with God. We we read in the Gospel of John, and I think this is so important, uh, so uh, foundational, Mark, to our discussion this morning. Um, This is John chapter 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So, during his farewell discourse on the night of his arrest, uh, Jesus called his disciples, uh, for the first time, by the way, what but friends. Friends because he had made known everything to them. And, and should we not consider the context, right? The God-man was approaching his death. And he let man know what is nearest to the heart of God, which is friendship with him. Right. And, you know, Mark, you mentioned the nature of, of friends. And we talk with our friends. We, we live with our friends. We, we dine with our friends. We tell our friends, uh, and especially those closest to us, everything. Right. And so for all <laughs> the right reasons, does St. Teresa of Avila counsel us to pay close attention to God, hang out with him as a friend. Mark, in our first episode, we talked about prayer as what but conversation with God. Exactly, huh? yeah. How can a friendship last if conversation is not at the heart of that friendship? You know, a friend is a person with whom you share your heart and who shares his, his or her heart with you. Um, friendship is at the center of trust, which we've talked about so much. Consequently, again, St. Teresa of Avila, should, uh, her words should resonate with all of us, that in the end, prayer really is about calling Jesus friend. <laughs> and I just think that that's something that is, um, I don't know, lost on us today in our Christian and Catholic faith, Mark. There's the t- a tendency to look at Jesus, the God-man, as some impersonal uh, magnetic force out there, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and for those who are just listening right now, I've got my hands up and I'm looking up yeah. right now, <laughs> as opposed to the God who is living, the flesh yeah. dwelling among us. Personal. Mm-hmm. Yes, the God-man who desires to call us friend, right? Friend. Uh, certainly, Mark, a key piece to this discussion of any good and healthy relationship is, is proximity, no doubt, but also um, silence. When Jesus had the attention of his disciples at the Last Supper, 
is when he, he called his disciples friends. Certainly because, again, he had made known everything to them, but also because he had their attention. Um, we, too, are to make everything known to God, right? Because we can be assured we have his attention. And so there's this mutual reciprocity, if you will, that calls for proximity, silence, a making known. We've talked about Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, make everything known to God and, and be at peace. And we do this at its best when we call the God-man Jesus friend, friend, because we can trust him, we can confide in him. So much what you're saying, you know, you know, I, sometimes it takes pointing out the obvious to understand the, the deeper concepts. And for our listeners, uh, in no way am I intending to <laughs> uh, belittle the moment because it's really, you know, we hear friendship, we discuss friendship. Well, that means relationship. But if, if we were to juxtapose, if you will, you know, there is, there's that intersection in our minds of like, okay, what? There's a relationship. We know that means, relationship means interaction. We know that means some kind of regular interaction. You know, and we are all about, we bracket so much when it comes to relationships and friendships. You know, and, and Joe, one of the things, you know, we bracket our relationships in a variety of ways. But as you're talking in the context of that relationship with God or, or prayer, prayer is the lens of where we, how we enter into that relationship with God you know, and very much going back to Teresa Vavala's quote, prayer being nothing more than being on terms of friendship with God. You know, uh, specifically, prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friendship with God. Well, this points to a, a dynamic of relationship. And I, like you said, you know, how people, they perceive God. Well, one of the words that's coming to me, you know, you when you speak and you ask people and you want to discuss, you know, hey, what's your relationship like with God? One, I think most people, they're not even used to hearing that question. What's your relationship like with God? The first thing instead is, oh, do you mean, do I pray? That's, you know, that's often the reaction. Do you mean, do I pray? What's my prayer life like? You know, and if we don't get a, well, that's none of your business type feel. uh, But if there's an openness to that conversation, it's like, oh, oh, I pray. I mean, if you're wondering if I pray, yeah, I pray. It's like, Okay, I'm glad you pray, but that's actually not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, what is your relationship like with God? Yeah, prayer, I would hope, would be a part of that. You know, and certainly Teresa of Avila, that's, she's getting at that. But I think often, if we're being honest with ourselves, and if we're making that connection of prayer reflects relationship, reflects friendship, well, then that relationship for most at best is, if we're being honest, it's an acquaintance. You know, mm, uh, sure. I, I, you know, I am acquainted with God. I know yeah. of Him. Yeah, I will, yeah. you know, call upon Him from time to time. And really, if you're seeing your relationship with God or this whole idea of who God is as someone, and as you were doing earlier, Joe, hands outward, like whether He's just some magnetic force or something. Well, then, yeah, that's about yeah. all you're going to get is an acquaintance. You know, and then you get into all these uh, different directions of. If we don't even know who God is, you know, and you, you've already said twice this morning, Joe, the God man. Yeah. This very nature of the God man is made for relationship. We be made in his image. We too are in, we're made for relationship. Um, this concept 
of friendship, all of a sudden, at least in my mind, it spirals to a deeper place. And it's spiraling, not spiraling out of control, but this is Teresa of Avila. This isn't just a throwaway one-liner, but really calling us in deeper. So real quick, Joe, just for any listeners that are just tuning in now, we're talking prayer and intercessory prayer, relationship with Christ. You know, and we were just talking about the difference, you know, referring back to Teresa of Avila's quote, the difference of friendship and acquaintance. And I know you wanted to say something on that, Joe. Yeah, Mark. Uh, it's a matter of uh, knowing about Jesus or knowing Jesus, if you will, which is to say, Mark, are we speaking directly to Jesus? Uh, you know, right now we are teaching our kids, Mark, essentially uh, what this is all about, because during our nightly prayer, there's the tendency when we offer up our prayers of intercessions to just offer them in some vanilla or bland sense. I want to pray for so-and-so, as opposed to speaking directly to Jesus. You know, dear Jesus, sweet Jesus, can you place your divine hand on this person or that situation? You see, praying that way is very different than praying in some more general ambiguity. And, and Mark, does this not get us back to our discussion on praying with specifics? So right. one can begin to see the relationship between praying with specifics and praying in friendship with Jesus Christ. Uh, one forms and informs the other and really bring light to each other. Right, the closer you call, uh, or the more you call Jesus friend, then the more specific I think you will be, and you will talk directly to Him. Right? Yeah. This is this is what Jesus desires. Joe, you may, you're making a great point because one of the things I think that happens is when we, you know, and you, I appreciate the words that you use as you're teaching the kids because really it's a part of it's a part of learning how to pray. You know, but to to switch from this mode of like when we're praying to the Lord, you know, we talked about it in an earlier show to that disposition of of begging, you know, yeah, but also yeah. praying with specifics, it makes it real. You know, it's one thing to be saying, you know, as we start to pray, especially if you're in like this in a group setting, you almost start giving a narrative of what you're praying for, but you're actually not directing it to God. It's yeah, it's almost like the importance is put on. Okay, hey, you guys, this is you know. You're sharing what's happening with those around you. Okay, and that's not bad. But in a spirit of prayer, just like you said, it, it's no longer a narrative, but it comes back to that relationship and that dependency on God, that dependency Amen. on the Father, the God of all good things, who it's going to be through Him that healing is going to be, happen. It's going to be through Him that anything that is bad or in need will see its fruition. We'll see whatever need that it is that it would be met, you mm -hmm. know. And so I, it really it makes it real, and it puts that relationship in its proper order. Joe, you used a word earlier, um, proximity, and I just mm. can you say more about that, please? Yeah, what do you I mean, mean by friendship. That? Yeah, friendship prayer. It calls for the prayer of proximity. Uh, of course, this is at its best when we draw near to God in silence. Um, proximity is Mark drawing near to sacred scripture and reading sacred scripture carefully. Uh, maybe we get the question, hey, I don't, I don't know Jesus. How can I better, better get to know him? Well, what does St. Jerome say? 
ignorance of scriptures, ignorance of Christ. So we spend time with sacred, sacred scripture. That is a way of praying in close proximity, right? Certainly visiting uh, the Blessed Sacrament is a way of praying in proximity to Christ. Uh, if you were to think about it, you know, Mark, uh, when say a good friend of mine, and I'll just say Bob, you know, when, when Bob uh, calls me and, and he needs to talk, if I am angle, uh, if I am able to, um, if I can, if he's near, I'm going to hang up the phone and I'm going to go to him. Why? Yeah. Because closeness allows for a different kind of communication. It offers Mark more than just words. It involves facial expressions, uh, feelings, and body language. And and maybe someone says, well. What do you mean by that? Because you can't see Jesus. Well, St. <laughs> Augustine says uh, to contemplate sacred scripture and to dive into it, invoking the presence of the Holy Spirit is to begin to see God, is, begin, is to begin to see Jesus, to, to ponder and to contemplate the word of God is to see the word of God. Go yeah. before the blessed sacrament and you will begin to see God, right? Um, and God will reveal himself to you in the quiet of your heart, in the quiet of your heart. St. Teresa of Avila says, uh, give him a chance, <laughs> give him a chance. <laughs> so by proximity to Jesus as friend, Mark, we, we pray better, we listen better, we understand better, and we respond better. The closer we are to Jesus, the more in tune to Jesus we become. Well, literally, the closer you are, the better you're communicating. And the more you're communicating, yes. because those body, the body yes. language, the gestures, the facial expressions, uh, it's all the breeze to this point of communicating, you know, and, and it takes us back. It's almost for, full circle, at least in my mind, there's almost a sense of full circle with that quote that you initiated earlier, Joe, from Teresa of Avila. Prayer is nothing more than being on terms of friendship. Now, the best friendships yes. are those that communicate well. Well, Joe, we yes. need to take a break. Please join us as we come back. We'll discuss more on prayer, friendship with Christ. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more after this short coffee break. You're listening to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Welcome back to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more lively, faith-filled conversation with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Welcome back to Awaken with your hosts, Mark Holcraft and Dr. Joe Holcraft. Uh, we're talking friendship with Christ uh, all through the lens of prayer. Uh, but we, we're, we're really grooving on the conversation in regards to uh, proximity uh, Mark, and closeness in relationship. Mark, yes, Joe. You just used the word grooving. I did. <laughs> I did. You know, what can you say? When, when you're... <laughs> when, when, when you're... Uh, 
when you're grooving, man. Which I, that, that, yeah, that was the uh, word. <laughs> I know our uh, listeners are feeling that they can appreciate uh, it. <laughs> As they're in their cars. I, I apologize. We regress. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and let's tie, tie this in. Does prayer not lead one, one to groove at times, you know? Uh, sure, maybe a, sure. a, a better way is the fruit of prayer being joyful. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, fruit of friendship with Christ is joy for sure. Amen. You know, but you know, there might be a loose translation saying somewhere in there that a fruit of friendship with Christ is grooviness. I don't know. <laughs> in the I 70s, will, I will, maybe. <laughs> I will dig, I will dig dive. Uh, I will add deep mark um, into the Greek and or Hebrew to see if we can't find something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Grooviness coming from Groovitate. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, friendship with Christ. Uh, but Joe, one of the areas, you know, that I know we wanted to discuss, um, because as we're talking, talking proximity, you know, um, one of the examples I know that we've discussed, and I think a lot of our listeners have experienced this, one of those most profound ways that you uh, enter into a deeper friendship with Christ and literally embodied proximity is through silence, prayer and silence. And you talked a little bit about that before the break, Joe, the importance of silence. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the images that comes to mind, and you hear it a lot, you hear it a lot with uh, older married couples um, when they talk about, you know, hey, what do you talk about? What do you, you know, if you've been married for 40, 50 years, <laughs> what is there left to talk about? And with an utter peace and serenity, uh, I've often heard, you know, some of these older couples say, well, we don't need to talk. I find a great peace just in the morning. We'll just sip on coffee coffee with each other and we'll just be near each other. And that's enough Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. You know, and I could say that as a married man of 20 years, that does not hold to the same. (laughs) And to me, anyway, that same depth and breadth of like, that's something I look forward to, but to mm-hmm. encounter that with Christ, there's just a deeper sense of not only friendship, but what kind of love that is. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. need to verbalize it because then the heart is starting to speak, you know, and just to be present. Um, yeah. And I, I think from there, Joe, I, that not only that, that silence, um, how that silence breathes closeness, but then there's like a, there's another layer or level. And I don't want to say it goes deeper than the silence or that contemplation uh, per se, but then whether that silence, if it, if one of the fruits that it leads to is action, um, the word that comes to mind is fasting. And I wanted mm-hmm. to dig into that with you, Joe, because sure, fasting sure. is, it's one of those kinds of prayer that is not only is it so concrete, but also in that friendship with Christ and in that, that the relationship of prayer, as we go into the Lord, we might have, whether it's requests, we're interceding on behalf of someone, you know, and just to engage into that deeper relationship and that friendship, that closeness, there's going to be times when Christ is going to ask us, you know what, then we need to start to enter into a life of sacrifice, you know, and I just, I would love to hear you, uh, some of your thoughts on this. Yes. Yeah, so important, Mark. Certainly friendships are defined by sacrifice. Earlier I was uh, talking about our Lord's words in John chapter 15, verse 15. The context, again, is very, very important. It is uh, but a God incident 
that Jesus was about to go to the cross when he first calls his disciples friends. Why? Because from the cross, Mark, uh, our friend Jesus says to, much, uh, says to us, this is how much I love you. Which is to say, Mark, when you talk about uh, love defining our friendships, it is physical, right? Love is physical. Uh, to, to sacrifice one's body is to express physically <laughs> the words, I love you. Let us go back to what I think, Mark, it was uh, episode two. Huh? If sighs and groans are the love language of the Holy Spirit, then suffering is Christ's love language. On the cross, he says, I love you. And this is very important to just not prayer. But again, Mark, intercessory prayer. Uh, Why? Because from the actual point where the horizontal and vertical beams intersect, again, the God-man man prays. He intercedes, quite literally, Mark, uniting heaven and earth, right? Quite literally. Uniting God the Father with man's petitions. And so, yes, understanding then uh, fasting as uh, quintessential to intercessory prayer is, 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 at the, is at the heart of this discussion. Uh, why? Because fasting is praying with the body, right? Uh, you know, we often get in these discussions about fasting and simply define fasting is an interior presence, uh, a penance rather, an interior penance. An interior penance mark in which you know, a, a, a person willingly deprives himself of, of food, um, nourishment, uh, maybe Taco Bell, <laughs> whatever suits your <laughs> You're fancy. You're talking to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fasting, you know, from what our bodies crave, fasting um, from, from what we desire, even to some degree what we require, becomes a beautiful prayer and a powerful love language that we are to bring into our intercessory prayer. And yes, we can fast from many things, but Mark... I often make this point because we, we tend to, I think, water down the importance of actually not eating or drinking for a period of time. The word fast literally translates uh, from the Hebrew as to cover your mouth. And yeah, certainly it can speak to refraining from words. No doubt we, we need to fast from words. Very important. But it most especially includes food. Why? Because inside of that discipline we become a disciple, Mark. A disciple who is willing to sacrifice for the intentions of God himself. And within the context to which we speak, for those who come to us for the, for the petitions and intercessions um, that are requested of us, right? So fasting's very important. And um, I don't know if you have a word here, Mark, to say. Certainly there's so many passages to, to draw from with uh, that we might speak to here with our limited time. Well, and you know what? I just want to jump in because you're, you're right. There are There's great scriptures speaking to it, you know. Uh, but one of the things that's resonating for me, going back to John 15, 15, and just for our listeners, uh, what is John 15, 15? This is what it, uh, 
the word says, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. And so, you know, it's from, you said earlier, Joe, it's from the cross that this true friendship, I mean, this is, this is the prescription that Jesus gives us. It's from the cross, you know, the context of this great scripture. And, you know, I like play on words, the, the, the different play on words. And so the play on words that came to mind, and it's not in any effort to be cheesy, though, you know, hey, I like cheese. <laughs> uh, but really, you know, so the crux of the matter, you know, in that relationship, in that friendship with Jesus, it's the crux of the matter. And so the play on words, of course, the, the, the word crux is Latin for cross. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. the crux of the matter of friendship, you know, that which that any authentic friendship with Jesus can be built is going to be from the cross. And this is the context of which he expresses, I call you friends. You Amen. know, and so, and I just, I wanted to come back to that, but in the nature of fasting, Joe, uh, let's dive a little bit. We have a few minutes before our next break. Let's dive into uh, some scriptures that speak to the nature of fasting. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, there's multiple uh, passages here, Mark. Um, how about the, the famous story of Queen Esther, right? <laughs> In this famous story uh, that has been popularized, popularized, I know, by some recent movies, um, King Osiris sends out a proclamation declaring, uh, declaring a set day for the execution of all the Jews in the kingdom because one of them, uh, Mordecai, right, had refused to pay homage to him. So what does Mordecai do, Mark? He, he seeks out Queen Esther, a Jew herself, right. to go to the king and intercede on behalf of the Jewish people because the... The, the queen always had an important role in antiquity with respect to intercession and mediation. Mordecai recognizes this, so he goes to Queen Esther. So she agrees, but what is often overlooked is what we find in, I believe it is Esther chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. She first urges Mordecai to do what? But to fast for three days and to and to fast for three nights. So Mark, Esther was not going to go before the king without the interceding power of fasting. And as we know, the fast worked, right? King Assyrius lifted the edict and, and granted mercy upon Mordecai and the Jewish people. Why? Because fasting changes things, Mark. Fasting changes things. Well, that's, and of and course, Joe, yeah, go, go ahead. I just wanted to jump in. Uh, because to kind of jump into, and yes, I'm going to say it, the crux of the matter. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. verse 16, this Esther talking to Mordecai says, go and assemble all the Jews who are in Susa. Fast on my behalf, all of you, hmm. not eating or drinking night or day for three days. I and my maids will also fast in the same way. Thus prepared, I will go to the king. Contrary to the law, if I perish, I perish. And so it, it, not only the context of fasting, but she's going in a spirit of deep faith to Joe. And I think that's important. You know, one accompanies the other. We go, we go enter into the spirit of fasting with faith, not in a spirit of desperation or this is the last hurrah, the Hail Mary pass at the end of the game. But, yeah. you know, I, I think those two need to be linked, right? Yeah, faith is in the Latin fides, uh, which is trust. 
right? Uh, with trust. So faith and trust, as we talked about in the, and, and again, our opening episodes are, you know, continue to um, f- find themselves in every conversation because Absolutely. Yeah. prayer and prayer and faith, you, you can't have one without the other. And so, yeah, it's not a Hail Mary pass, but what lies at, at the heart of it all. Um, and I, I love that you read the passage, Mark, because uh, <laughs> Queen Esther unites her fast with her request. Exactly. And, and isn't this important? We're just not saying, Mark, and you fast for me. You're fasting too. Yeah. Uh, you're fasting too. So it's, it's a united fast. Uh, it's a united fast. And that's so important. And now here's the thing. Yes, it's not a Hail Mary pass, but what does Jesus say? Um, because while there's other many passages we can draw from, we should highlight Matthew chapter 17. Um, you know, in, in the New Testament, after Christ expelled from a boy a demon whom the disciples were unable to exercise, what do they do? But they inquire, Jesus, Mark, you know, why could we not, not cast it out? Right. Yeah. Christ's response is telling, well, this kind can only come out by prayer and what, but fasting oh sorry well it's funny because he says because you know because of your little faith (laughs) and he kind of calls them out a little bit before he says dives into fasting yes little Uh, faith leads to an absence of fasting because great faith always sees the importance of fasting yeah 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 Um, yeah so although he gave them the power to exercise unclean spirits in the end they were unable to remove this unclean spirit because it was about the importance of of fasting. There's the great yeah. story, Mark, that comes from, uh, we've already talked about St. John Vianney, but when one penitent goes to John Vianney and said, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and this is what you've told me to do and my wife will, will convert and she has yet to convert and his response was, well, have you fasted? Mm. Have you fasted? Hey, Mark, what is underneath all of this discussion? You certainly hinted at it in the opening of this second segment. But love as an action verb, right? Love is an action verb that describes what one feels for another and at times what words struggle to convey. Uh, the deeper our love for Christ as friend, the greater we define love with the action of what but sacrifice. And certainly in intercessory prayer, Again, because this is the context of a relationship, (laughs) fasting is a profound expression of love in which we enter into the mathematics of God, Mark, which is where you find subtraction, there's actually going to be addition. Where there's a a negative, there's a positive. Where there's a loss, there's a gain. Where there's death, there's life. This is God's arithmetic. And fasting is a way of entering into God's arithmetic. Well, and Joe, I love how you express that because... One of the things that I think um, we can get so caught up with fasting is we get caught up in like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Um, I don't know that I can handle that. Or we we so quickly um, make it about us. One of those things, and I, mm. I, I have, I mm. have. You know, when I hear sure. when I Man, when I hear up. about fasting, um, there's a part of me that's like cringes. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, and you know, and we know we're called to it. But, you know, as referred to in Matthew, uh, I think it's Matthew 17, you know, when, when you're talking about Jesus, he rebukes uh, the demon and he comes out and the apostles say, as you said, you know, 
uh, why could we not expel the demon? You know, and he said, this needs to be removed from fasting. The power, fasting taps into a godly power, a divine power Mm. that, and and I think for me, it's just really important for me to be reminded of that. One, to be reminded, it's not about me, though important to acknowledge my humanity, my weakness, my littleness, where I'm fragile. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And how sobering it is that in that littleness, in that fragility, God makes it very known, and I'm going to use you anyway. Despite yeah. you, I'm going to use you. And then it's unmistakable that this power comes from God on high. You know, and that's... um that's invigorating for me. Joe, we got to take another break here. Uh, but when we come back, we're talking about our saint of the day, you know, and as a little teaser, uh, if you were joining us at the top of the hour, she was the first saint we quoted. Ooh, I just gave a hint. It's a girl. <laughs> so join us as we talk about this saint when we come back to Awaken. You've made the right choice to listen to Awaken. Stay with us. There's much more to come after this short break. Is there an event that you would like announced right here on the RPR Network? Please email the details at least two weeks in advance to heather at realpresenceradio.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R at realpresenceradio.com. We can help spread the word about what's happening at your parish and in your diocese. Again, that email address is heather at realpresenceradio.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Now, back to more Awaken, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Welcome back to Awaken. Uh, Joe and I were just talking on the break. And uh, Joe, I know you wanted to wrap up that point regarding fasting and really the witness Jesus gives to that. You want to come back to that? Yeah, absolutely. And by doing so, I go back to our first key, Mark, praying in the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, the Holy Spirit is the protagonist of our nudging, the protagonist of our of our prompting, of our inspirations, um, which is to say... Our fasting is only going to be as good insofar as it is led by the Holy Spirit. If you go back to the Gospel of Luke and the narrative, uh, the temptation narrative, the very popular temptation narrative, um, Jesus Jesus just, just didn't go into the desert per se. He was led full of the Holy Spirit into the desert. Yeah. And so the person who is led does not push away uh, from, if you will, does not resist or turn back on the one leading. He receives, he listens to, and he walks toward him. Um, and if I dare segue, Mark, <laughs> there is a particular saint that did this beautifully in uh, well, St. Teresa of Avila. St. Teresa of Avila. And before we dive into her, I just want to go back to that scripture you're referring to, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. I mean, the chapter, it just it just dives right in. Verse 1. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned yes. from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. And then we know uh, for 40 days. And, but, I mean, that's, it immediately dives in. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, yes. and yes. so Teresa of Avila, I mean, you know, as we read about her, talk about 
a woman who was filled with the Holy Spirit, Joe. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Mark, because when you look at the panorama of our over 11,000 saints, we can, I think, uh, say that every single one of them called Jesus Christ friend. Every single one of them uh, <laughs> fasted, had a love for prayer. Um, so what makes St. Teresa of Avila a little bit unique? Well, I, I would say that she does rise to the top um, with respect to the larger uh, topic that we have been hitting over the past two to three months, which is um, intercessory prayer and understanding this in light of the principles we've been underscoring. Certainly today, in close proximity to God, I don't know if anyone has dealt with prayer and this topic of close proximity to God, silence, uh, fasting, as much as St. Teresa of Avila. Maybe her counterpart could have a, 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 a place at the table, St. <laughs> John of the Cross, but uh, certainly St. Teresa of Avila is very important. Just uh, a thumbnail sketch mark of yeah, her life. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, the childhood of, of St. Teresa of Avila, uh, we need to highlight this, was not atypical of girls her age in the 1500s during the 16th century. Certainly, um, from her biography, you see those pious tendencies. But Mark, you know, she was a girl. She was a teenager. She enjoyed the company of boys. She even said that she had tendencies towards materialism uh, as much as the next girl, uh, which is interesting. If you're a teenager listening to this this radio program and, and and you have tendencies towards boys and materialism, be consoled. Okay, so did St. <laughs> Teresa of Avila. Um, she would read, she said, um, books with unsavory uh, images and, and words. Um, and so while all of this was a point of distraction, a uh, point of distraction for her, Mark, uh, her, it was her schooling with the Augustinian nuns and her practice of spiritual reading that began to open her eyes and open her eyes to the ways of God in the world, how God you know, was not um, uh, in the world or of the world, but revealed himself in the world. Um, so this this war, if you will, was being raged on within her soul, and one that would ultimately come to a crescendo after she became a religious. So it was at the age of 16 that she entered the comment, uh, convent rather of the Incarnation in Avila. And it was at the age of 20 that she professed solemn vows to the Carmelite, uh, Carmelite way of life. Now, the next 20 years, and, and a lot of people are not familiar with this, but it was for Mark approximately the next 20 years that Sister Teresa, <laughs> let us call her, would struggle yeah. with an inconsistent prayer life. Uh, and, and initially after health scare that had her in a coma for four days, um, you know, she found the repose of religious life consoling, and she grew deeper in, in mental and contemplative prayer. However, she would backslide like the rest of us. In fact, she would talk a great deal about this, Mark, her, her tendency to backslide in prayer. She just would stop practicing mental prayer. She would stop practicing contemplative prayer. And in a very important moment in her life, it was on a Friday evening, walking up the church steps to pray the liturgy of the hours that she encountered a statue of the holy face of Christ crucified. The statue, as it reads today, is called Ecce Omo, right? You know, behold the man. And it was upon looking at the wounded face that she was pierced to the heart. It was just one of those fiery darts of love that she received. Mm. She fell to the ground, Mark, 
and told Jesus at that moment that she would not get up until she had received the grace necessary never to backslide in prayer again. Think about that, Mark. <laughs> you know, I mean, there she was on the steps of this church, and she was not going to get up until she could, with conviction, look into the eyes of Jesus and say, I'm never going to stop calling you, friend. I'm never going to stop speaking, not about just about you, but to you, right? I'm always, every day, for at least an hour of every day, take time to just be with you. And so ultimately, out from that unceasing weeping, uh, she was never the same. And many of the Theresean scholars, Mark, identified that moment in her life that, uh, you know, that the saint was born, if you will. Um, Not to say that everything previous to it was unimportant, because that shows the struggle, (laughs) the starting grace. But no doubt, Sister Teresa encountered Jesus in a very profound way in that moment, and it changed her life. John, I want to come back to that, but I think it's it's so important, you know, this she would never be the same this this was you know her conversion of conversions if you will you know having been a cradle catholic grown up catholic uh what i think is important to acknowledge though because i think for it's it can be easy easy for catholics uh, catholics and non-catholics alike you know well yeah god showed favor because she was a saint you know so we we need to immediately dismiss that that notion of, well, she's not proclaimed a saint until after she dies. We, we, I think we just need to be reminded of that. Yeah, but the yeah setting, I think you're right, Mark. You know, yeah. the, the, the setting she was yeah. in, Joe, you know, even when she joined the religious community, you shared a little bit, because there's only, gosh, there's only so much we can say. You know, Teresa of oh, Avila, yeah. she's one of our saintly giants, you know, uh, and so many of them are. But I just think it's it's really worth acknowledging when she entered the religious order, you know, the, the Carmelites there in Avila, you know, at that time, it wasn't like these Carmelites, you know, were, were these, had this incredible spiritual prowess, you know, of what they were known for. Like the culture of that time and the, even the Catholic culture, you know, the religious life was, I think, much more of an option then as it is now, you know, by way of conversation but partly because it had been a bit secularized, you know, it was a, a very viable option, but a lot of these sisters, it's not necessarily what we encounter. If we encounter some of our, you know, present day Carmelites, I think of, of course, one of our sisters, Joe, sister Victoria being a cloistered Carmelite. And there's a, a unique life of discipline uh, to, to unite themselves to the cross of Christ. Again, the crux of the matter, relationship, friendship, um, but, you know, they, some of these sisters wore jewelry. Some of these sisters, they were more, they would join uh, the community because it was safer. It wasn't necessarily mm. out of this deeper religious conviction. Um, sure, And so sure. some of the context, you know, this is a little bit of what, you know, Teresa, she joins the convent. Um, certainly the Holy Spirit moved her, led her to go there, um, but she is, this is discussed too. When she's there, she's a little bit surprised by what she sees. And so she's yes. confronted with this. She was hoping to be safe from these points of sin and that some of the struggles and challenges that she had already had. And she was surprised by seeing how prevalent some of this, some of these sins were, you know, vanity and gossip. 
again, not that they were mortal sins, but nonetheless, you know, there's a certain, you're kind of hoping to escape it. She was hoping to escape some of this. And so I just think it's important. One, the humanity of, of some of the sisters, the humanity of the church. Um, but the context, this was a big deal because then, and, and this is what we start to see unfold from this, you know, as you said earlier, Joe, this point forward, she would never be the same. Well, then all of a sudden there's kind of a, uh, not just a renewal or, or revival within this particular religious community, but Teresa of Avila, this is when we start to see things change for her and her community. Yeah, she brought great reform to the discalced uh, Carmelites, Mark, with a Carmelite cloistered way. Um, I believe she uh, opened up 17 new convents right? Uh, all of which were bound to a, a um, new rule of life or reformed rule of life that was more disciplined. So St. Teresa of Avila, um, well, we, we know her as uh, a, a giant saint, as you call her, for good reason. Um, the reason why we talk about St. Francis of Assisi and, and St. Dominic and St. Ignatius of Loyola and, and St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila as we do, Mark, and because maybe our listeners aren't certain about what we're talking about, is because they are they either started a religious community or they brought great reform to a re- religious community, and certainly St. Teresa of Avila uh, did just that. Now, one of the insights that is gained from her life, in particular to um, prayer and, and intercessory prayer, Mark, is how she talked about it in her writing and and how she would in turn then catechize her sisters on how to think about prayer. And one of the rich images that comes to us from St. Teresa of Avalon has become, I would say, a staple image for uh, every religious to look at prayer is how she saw prayer um, like that of a garden. So in St. Teresa's vision of prayer, she saw the heart as an enclosed garden into which the soul invites Jesus as what? In her own words, Mark, a true friend, huh? a true friend. So the more we pray to Jesus as an intimate friend, then uh, the more we water the garden of our hearts. Uh, however, how does water reach the garden? For St. Teresa of Avila, silence, huh? Water needs to be pumped into the garden. St. Teresa of Avila says it is by the prayer of silence that this takes place. So just as, uh, keeping with the image, Mark, just as the pump makes it possible for a liquid to, to reach its destination point, so too St. Teresa of Avila saw silence, silence making it possible for God's voice to reach our hearts. Yeah. So St. Teresa envisions silence as uh, something that is of the utmost importance to transforming the garden of our hearts into, and I speak to it this way in my book, into, into a cascade of blooms, if you will. And so prayer then, as she speaks to it this way, was something that had to be practiced at different points of the day, every day, <laughs> something that was essentially now your way of life. And this is what would ultimately help bring reform to just not uh, the, the Carmelites, but also the surrounding communities uh, that um, the communities that she had founded would, would find themselves in or around. Yeah, yeah. And Joe, I, I just am playing on the word reform, you know, because certainly, as you said, she reformed uh 
her community and in essence, uh, the Carmelite order, the cloister Carmelite order, um, really the heart of what you're getting at is the Lord was reforming her heart first, you mm. know, and it's going to, it yeah, is the well avenue said. of prayer. There's the avenue well of prayer said. that was going to do it. And what's so intriguing. And I, I, I want to share this because for our listeners and for myself too, um, there are times when I read the lives of the saints, it could be really easy to just, um, count yourself out from them <laughs> to not consider hmm. yourself to be one of, one of the, uh, one of them, if you will, like, oh, they're just so far away. Like I'm not there. Sure. I mean, how yeah. often do we say, well, I'm just not there, yeah. you know? Yeah. But with Teresa of Avila, what we pick up and what we see that's so, uh, it's hopeful for me. Uh, she liked friends. She liked having friends. So we're talking friendship with Christ. One of the things that Teresa of Avila talked about is she really enjoyed being with her friends and there was, there was mm. good friendship. She enjoyed talking to them. And yet mm. part of the reform in her own heart uh, that she expresses is not only does she enjoy talking to them, but Jesus inviting her and in, in kind of calling her, leading her uh, in a certain sense, not away, well, away from those friendships, but only so that the primacy of her relationship with him would be her biggest friendship. You know, uh, she talked about how she would that making that holy hour was really hard for her. She would have mm. much, she would have much rather done other things. And here's what's interesting, Joe, they're good things, but the Holy spirit and Jesus prompting her. No, like those are good things, but the primacy of like where your life and substance is going to be what I am calling you to do. Not only, not only so you can know the fullness of my love, but so that my love can be made known you know, to that religious order, to many faithful Catholics down the road, Catholics and non-Catholics. So I'm, I'm yeah. just struck by that because it's like, okay, oh gosh, that, well, that resonates, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so just in, in that way of making some of these, these saints relatable, and it's not to take anything away from the sanctity of Teresa of Avila, because we can go on and on, Joe. Well, and the the important point, Mark, you make there, and it, it goes back to, to St. Augustine, right? Um, when he says that uh, every sinner has a future and every saint has a past, there's a tension, and that tension is is, is body-soul, right? The human and the divine. Yeah. And what the saints teach us is ultimately that we can achieve sanctity, sanctity and holiness by virtue of the aforementioned struggle in grace, the struggle in grace never stops. Like she didn't stop struggling post encounter on those, on those church steps, but there was no doubt a grace, a very particular grace that allowed her to then with conviction move forward. But the moment you stop praying is, is the moment that the, the conviction begins to subside so, uh, yeah, every saint we have talked about, Mark, and every saint that any of our listeners read about, um, what they'll find if they dig deep enough is that struggle and grace. Uh, the saints teach us how to get up a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, um, because ultimately, um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, amen to that. And we got, we got to bring, we got to bring sure. this morning's show to an end. So, uh, always good to be with you, Joe. And yes, for our listeners, absolutely. God bless you. And let's make a point today to ask for the intercession of St. Teresa of Avila. So St. Teresa of Avila, pray, pray for us. us.
This has been Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Awaken comes to you every second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Want to listen to the show again? You can find the podcast any time of the day or night on our website at realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or on the Real Presence Radio app in the podcast section. Again, that's realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or in the free Real Presence Radio app. Be sure to join us again next time for more Awaken with Mark and Dr. Joe Hullcraft.